coming up today on a very special Numbers on the Boards. Costas, we talk Dennis Smith Jr., and Bobby takes on one of his food fears. All happening next. Hello, hello, hello. It is Numbers on the Boards. I'm Bobby Corella from Mavs.com. I'm nervous today. Joining me at the fridge, well, now he's at the table. Now he's pulling the mic closer to his face. It is Jeff Skinway. Hey, what's up? I should have planned ahead and had a water in instead. Yeah. Instead, this podcast is brought to you by coffee this morning. Wow. That was very generous of Shelby. Shelby is also here. Shelby Sumter. She is broadcast manager, photographer media person with the maps. Shelby, how yes, are you? I am well. I'm well. I'm also a um, chef. Oh, a chef. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can confirm this with just minimal research. It represents a new year for the Mavs. Today is Wednesday. Uh, the Mavs start a new season on Saturday. So new year, new time. You know, we're welcome in the future. Changes. Absolutely. Changes everywhere around us, you know. So Shelby challenged me to change as well. We were talking at Media Day or something about food and uh, all of the worst foods. And obviously, the top of my list was avocado and its uh, subsequent side dish topping paste guacamole. You're describing how it looks. Like, what? nothing based on taste yet. Looks is, like, how you're judging right it, now. It looks like it tastes horrible. What I, the hell I, kind of millennial are you? I thought all you guys did was eat <laughs> avocado toast. So what I do is I buy the avocados and then I throw them away. I'm wasteful. But I do spend most of my time. You're the reason why there's a shortage and why they're so expensive. (laughs) It's all me. That's you. It's all me. Avocado shortage. Yeah, it's all me. So Shelby has challenged me to eat avocado, well, slash guacamole. I'm like gagging, Mm -hmm. literally just looking at it. It's really gross. This is how I deal with my 11 year old son. I'm in shock right now. You grew up in Texas and you're. I don't understand you, dude. My family is from Michigan, to be fair, so I don't even know if they ate a lot of guacamole. My I know sister for a fact a that your family was here in the late 80s because they, your mother worked for the team, so this line of BS you're dishing <laughs> out right now is not going to cut Let it. Let me tell my lies, man. <laughs> don't challenge me. So, Shelby, you actually made this guacamole? Yes, I made it this morning. And Can you tell me? Don't tell me what's in it. Tell them what's in it, please. Wow. Okay, so of course we started with some fresh ripe avocados and, you know, I added lime, some red onions. You can't do the white, red, like there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, Cilantro, like cut it up, like kind of mash it in there so you get a little bit of the flavor. And then garlic. Oh, and I can taste the garlic. I, I already had a bite of this. I couldn't help it. It was sitting Skin, in front of me. you had like me. four bites. It looked so good. Yes. And I can confirm that Shelby knows what she's doing. Is this enough? A little bit of cayenne no, pepper. I'm yeah. Put more on there. Well, how about... I'll you need like a chunk. Like you need to you have need to some of the it. actual like ingredients in there. There you go. That's much better. And the secret is the chip too. Like you have to have a good chip with it. Yeah. And so these have like corn. a white corn, yes. And it has a hint of lime too. So it complements the lime and the guac. Okay. And take a, take a real bite. I'm, God, I swear I feel like I'm dealing with my son. This take, is a lot for me. I know, I don't, but I don't I'm saying even... take a real bite. Like, like, get that all in there. Yes. Yeah, so like you just eat the whole chip? Yeah, well, no, just eat half the chip that's got the guacamole all right. on it. This is big for me. I'm about, oh, to, so I'm about to be sick. <laughs> what a child. This is unbelievable. 
No, okay, the taste, not the texture. That's How's the taste? It's not as bad as I thought. Ooh. Not as bad as I thought. See, this is uh, what I would call My a... eyes are watering, like... <laughs> <laughs> watering? From excitement. It's so good. Your <laughs> mouth is tingling. <laughs> he's really emotional right now that he finally got to... I'm taking a big old bite of this. I'm weird. Like that. I'm sorry. I just... It was very limey, which I appreciate. Yes. But it's mm. the texture. Delicious. And she put the right amount of lime in there. Oh. We have a joke in my family because my wife will, will over-lime it. That's her deal. But she'll be the great. Right amount of lime. Oh, thank you. It's got perfect amount of onion and cilantro because you want like you don't want it to be overly spicy, but you want to get a little hint of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want it to like sting. Like no, this. This, is, uh, this is excellent. This is high caliber, good restaurant grade guacamole right here. I could feel the cilantro and definitely the garlic as well and a lot of lime too. So it's it's. It is tasty. This is. I just wish that I could have like a drink of it and not like a a glob of it. You know what I mean? This is going to be the podcast we do that inspires people to go eat in the middle of it. This is great. Yes. I think we should have Shelby on more often. Yeah. Do you are you do you specialize in this or do you have other foods that you're doing? Um. Honestly, I don't make guacamole a whole lot. Um. I feel like my specialty desserts for sure. I love. To bake specifically ooey gooey cake. Really, that I don't know what that is. Is my jam. Is that like uh, with a little uh, chocolate inside kind of thing? Okay, so you can have a chocolate one, but I make a butter cake like ooey gooey. So it's like a butter cake as the base, and then um, cream cheese and powdered sugar, okay. kind of baked on top with egg. And oh so my like, gosh, it's real just like so melts in your mouth. I'm kind of narrow casting here. I know we have an audience reach outside of Dallas, but if you ever, if you ever go to the porch on Henderson, they've got a similar cake to that. That sounds like what you're talking about. Oh, I didn't about. know they had that. It's, it's something like that. Mm-hmm. It's really, really magically delicious. I'm having more plain chips right now. Dude, put some guacamole in there. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe the second bite will be better than the first, so I'll get a little bit, but I'm Good. telling you, it's just, I don't know. This Maybe is was, the sound of a happy skin. Check something. this out. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Bobby, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, if you follow Shelby on Instagram, your stories are always full of food that looks like way better than anything that I could cook. Oh, yes. Yeah. At Shelby Sumter, and I'm always cooking something, baking something. And you used to bring stuff to the office I all did the time. a it lot. Made so happy. And I would like go around to the cubicles and be like try this, try this. Really? Try this. Yeah. I need to get a cubicle up here. This is great. Yeah. I'm I'm very happy that you've okay. shown up with this. Yeah, Lizelle Good. wants some as well. She told me she uh I posted a picture of this and like within 30 seconds Lizelle responded saying, "Please like where when and where and how can I get some of this?" I'll Just go visit. Walk for sure. 50 yards over to your right, Lizelle, we're having a party over. Yeah, here. come on. <laughs> she should be able to sense my tears. Oh, wow. Tears of joy. That's what I Tears said. Tears of joy. Yeah. Yes. Man, you're yeah. Fake, new fake. season, new Bob. I did go back for seconds. That's impressive. I'm happy. I'm like satisfied. I'm happy. Mission accomplished. We got it. Ooey gooey cake. That'll be next. Okay. For okay. sure. Next, next episode. Next week. When are we recording? Skin tomorrow? Not sure. All right. <laughs> involved. I'm in All right. Ooey gooey daily cake. podcast. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Shelby. You're welcome. All right. There goes Shelby. Okay. Skin. Uh, media day was just a few days ago. The preseason is a few days away. Mm-hmm. That means that we have a uh, this. Is a, this is kind of a the calm before the storm, so to right. speak, right? You know, media day is kind of the day where everybody gets to go out and have fun. You guys had Dennis and Luca and Dorian Finney Smith all on the the uh, Ben and Skin show. Yes, on Friday, 
we had the live stream following. Coop did a great job. Uh, it was chaotic. I, I don't know. I saw you around a little bit that day. What were you doing before the show? Were you just kind of floating? Okay. Yeah, so uh, this is really interesting to people. I had to get pictures taken in a suit. Oh, yeah, okay. For, you know, that is interesting. Yeah, uh, and so I, I waited my turn because I showed up at the time when the players, I'm sure people saw on social media the pictures floating around of like, Dirk and Luca in a cowboy hat and some of those kinds of things. So uh, I had to wait my turn, and then the second they – it was like three minutes of pictures, and then the second it was over, I ran to take that suit off. God, I, I'm I, – you know, I don't want to wear that too, too too long. You wear it for, what, 41 nights a year plus every road game every now and then, you know? Yeah, and then a lot of times because of the radio show, I have to wear the suit to the radio show because I don't have time to change in between. Oh, so you're in that thing all day. Like, I'll, I'll, our show normally goes to 7, but they let me off at 5.40 to get to the arena in time to do pregame and all that stuff, so I don't have time to change mm-hmm. our stations that fit you. And so, so it takes me time to get over there, get in the parking lot, and by the time I'm coming in, I'm, they're basically sticking a mouthpiece in, I mean, an earpiece in my ear. A mouthpiece I'm, in your ear? Well, because I have to fight somebody in football style. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so... That uh, I get to where, like, as soon as the suit time is over, I can't wait to get it off, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, that's probably you saw me walking around in a suit, and then I disappeared. And then uh, that was a weird t- uh, day in DFW sports because Jeff Bannister got relieved of his duties for the Rangers. Yep. So it was just a very chaotic scene. But it culminated in a great interview with Rick Carlisle and then the, the interview you mentioned with Dorian and Dennis and Luca. And uh, it's very clear that... Uh, you know, you you know all about the Dennis and Dorian bond. It's strong. Oh, for sure. They're homies, not just because their names are Smith. And then they've pulled Luca in, and uh, and I think they personality wise bring a lot out of him because I think Luca's naturally a little reserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's language barrier, there's cultural barrier. There's you might not think that based on kind of how he's portrayed over there and the GIF with the sunglasses right. and all that stuff, but he really is kind of he's just sort of shy. Yeah, you would agree with that, right? Yeah, he's for not. Sure. Uh, and then, I, you know, I don't think he's like, it's not a lack of confidence or anything. I just think he's definitely the, I'm going to let my play do my talking for me guy. But one of the real interesting things, is if you look at the history of Dirk on media day, like even before Ben and I really got established when we were doing some post game stuff over at the ticket, we won media day. I'll bring the picture sometime. We had Dirk and Jet dressed up in wigs and mustaches. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was really bizarre. This is probably about 2006. So Dirk was who he was by then. Yeah, but my point being, though, that even though he was reserved, you could, I don't want to say talk him into things, but because he's such a good-natured person, he would agree to do stuff. And I think Luca's like that. Like, I think Luca is happy to sit there and let everything happen around him, but I think you can talk him into doing something, which is why I think there was that piece on the internet with him in sunglasses and, hey, Luca, come do this. It's not like Luca going, hey, I want to do this. I think he can be talked into doing that because he's easygoing and good-natured, and and that is very similar to Dirk with me. But he's also not a wallflower. Like when we were doing our interview, you know, he would get his jabs in. They were just subtle and not uh, demonstrative jabs they were just little jabs you know it's just that's just what his personality is yeah yeah well he does come out of a shell every now and then especially when presented with uh, the chance to sing some tunes mm. uh, so you'll see a video I, d- I don't know when it's going to come out but uh, Mike Marshall who is our, our digital I don't know what his job title is but he does digital stuff for us uh, he and our intern Tori had a, a digital room at media day 
had all the players sing a song from the year they were born. Yeah, and, cool. And uh, Luca didn't stop there. He sang, he proceeded to sing basically the entire Mamma Mia soundtrack. <laughs> and then also <clears throat> a song in Slovenian that sounds exactly like West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia. Yeah, in Slovene. Really? Yeah. Wow, so, uh, there's copyright issues. Yeah, there. so he's going to be the star of the show. I, I don't know if it was that song. Uh-huh. Uh, it could have been another one. Maybe the guy that sings West Virginia uh, stole it from Slovenia. I, I, I don't I don't know. I'd be shocked if there's a traditional Slovenian song about West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, that would be a really <laughs> weird end You don't think that exists out there? No, somewhere? I don't. Uh, yeah, so so be on the lookout for that. But yeah, Media Day's fun, man. And, uh, and obviously now it kind of turns to the actual basketball um, and we're going to talk to one of those basketball men uh, here in a little bit, Costa Santetacumpo. Isn't it great that his brother came here and did so well so that we – because if not, we would be butchering this guy's name Oh, right for now. sure. We'd have no idea how to say we it. We would be those idiots that are like, oh, uh, dude, uh, the alphabet? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Sound like Mike Francesa. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like you can also – now we've heard it so much, we can just say it real quickly and rhythmically, Atatacumpo, and it sounds like we know what we're doing. Yeah. And so we have the Greek freak to thank for that. Uh, looking forward to talking to him because he is, has a very engaging personality. Oh, for sure. Uh, so this and – he, and he obviously spent more time in the States than his brother did because his brother came here and paved the way for him. So yeah. uh, well, When Giannis came over here – uh, he was very kind of like outgoing. He was s- almost the opposite of Luca, right? Like he was talking about it's the first time he had a snow cone or a smoothie, you know, smoothie. Yeah. Yes. He blew smoothie King blew his mind. Yeah. And so he's doing that. So he's sort of has this like air of innocent fun, you know, whimsy sort of thing. And, and Kostas is the same way, but um, he's a little more kind of in tune with American culture. And right. his English is a little better because right. Giannis came over directly from Greece. Kostas right. has been here since Giannis has basically. Yeah. So he so. did some schooling here. Yeah. Yeah. Played at Dayton. For only one year, got drafted 60th overall to the Mavs, and now is one of their two-way, one of their two two-way players, also with Daryl Macon. But yeah, so we'll have Kostas in a little bit. But Skin, in the meantime, mm-hmm. do you want to talk some basketball? Absolutely, and I want to talk some basketball based. Uh, I highly, re- if you're not already following him on the Twitter at Bobby Carella, you always throw some gems out there that I get really I- excited about, and hey, we usually you. end up talking about them on the podcast, but. Uh, I think that, you know, we always talk about, hey, this guy went and did research. That's cool, but I think there's a, uh, you know, understanding what's going on in the court and then researching that is way more beneficial to everyone. So you look for trends, and you tweeted some stuff about Dennis that I thought was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So so Dennis last season, what was kind of the, the, the narrative about him, right, is that he has the ball all the time and that his shooting wasn't there. Right. So the worry with Mavs fans is that now that you add another player in Luka Doncic that kind of needs the ball to do what he does, well, where does that leave Dennis? Because he evidently needs the ball all the time and he evidently can't shoot. Well, uh, you know, we've been saying basically all summer since they got Luka, like, don't be banging on the panic button. It's going to be fine. Um and, you know, there, there are reasons to – we talked about his catch-and-shoot percentage. We talked about all that stuff. But uh, yesterday I was just messing around on Synergy, which is a uh, basically a big giant spreadsheet site. It's yeah. a lot of numbers, and it doesn't make much sense unless you know what you're looking for. Um, but yesterday I thought, hmm, okay, you know, was Dennis – we know that he, whenever he caught the ball and shot it, he shot it pretty well. But was there a difference between when he got a good look versus a bad look? So what is a good look if you're wide open, basically? Yeah. If you're catching and shooting – then there's a reason. You're either open or the shot clock is running down or, you know, nothing else is working. So last year whenever Dennis had a good catch-and-shoot look, so an open catch-and-shoot unguarded jumper, 
He only took 63 of them, which is not very many. No. That ranks about 170th in the league, which is like top third. Mm-hmm. But he's playing like top 10th percentile minutes. So, you right. know, you'd, you'd want him to have more unguarded shots. But last year, to the nature of the team, he didn't. Uh, he was 31 of 63 which is about 49%. Now, virtually all of those shots were three-pointers, so that averages out to 1.476 points per possession. So 1.476 points per shot, and a three is worth three points. Mm -hmm. So 1.476 is almost 1.5, which basically means he was a 50% three-point shooter on open catch-and-shoot jump shots. And I think people get confused on the points per possession thing. One point is good. Now, it changes depending on the type of shot, right, yeah. you, if you want to start breaking it down further. But as a general rule, if you have 100 possessions and you average a point on each possession, you're going to score 100 points, and that's about on par with what you need to be doing. When you get to the really good teams, they start getting up over one. and then yeah, like 1.1 is like, wow, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And uh, so I think people kind of get confused on that. Which is also like, you know, it's interesting is when you get into the whole hack of whoever, you're basically hoping they miss both. Because if they make one, they're right on line with, you know, there's a whole rhythm component and all that. I don't mean to, to, to digress. But, oh, no, no. Uh, but 1.4 is astounding. Uh, and to your point, there's not a whole lot of those because he normally had the ball and he's not passing to himself. Um, but a lot of that happened in transition situations or if he was playing off of Berea or whatever. But if you've heard, uh, you know, the one that really stands out is Dirk. Talk about how these, um, you know, uh, pickup games have been going on over at the practice facility and now they're doing legitimate practice. But it's clear that a lot of the offense is going to run through Luca, And so we can get into positions and what they mean or just not worry about it. But he's going to find Dennis in advantageous situations and I'm I think he'll knock down open shots but what I'm really excited about is him attacking off the ball because it just compromises defenses they ain't ready for it yeah and I think he's going to live at the free throw line this year yeah point guards are not quick enough to keep up with Dennis when they're off balance right they have to be ready and even then he can still blow by them pretty easily I yes. mean his, his right to left cross is just insane it's good but uh last year so those 63 shots Ties him with, like, Malcolm Brogdon, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, C.J. McCollum had 133 of them. Jamal Murray took 141 of them. What do both of those players have in common? C.J. McCollum was playing off Damian Lillard. Jamal Murray was, by and large, playing off Nikola Jokic, even though he's their yeah. point guard by name. But Jokic was really the guy with the ball. Neither one of those guys were point guards, by the way. Yeah, not really. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you know, Murray is a is a scorer. But Dennis yeah. is a scorer. You hear these guys say it all the time. Right. He's a point guard size and he can pass and he can make plays he can run pick and roll pretty well but he is trying to score yeah so he, if you if you put him in a position to score that's that's how you use him the best way absolutely and this just goes to show you how times have changed remember when he came out there was a lot of Steve Francis comparisons Steve Francis was well now they just call him combo guards but he was an undersized two guard but he was going to be a better point guard than Katina Mobley so Steve Francis played the point guard position but by mentality, he wasn't a true point guard like we talk about Chris Paul or John Stockton or Jason Kidd or one of those guys. He is a scorer. And so, quite honestly, it's to Dennis's advantage to have someone else orchestrating and he comes in uh, with the big timpani swell and smashes everything, right? It's like he's going to be the finisher. Yeah, well, think of it this way. So, when LeBron was in Cleveland, they were at their best when he was out there with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie is... 
he plays point guard. Mm-hmm. Even in Boston, though, last season, whenever he wasn't playing with LeBron, they were still moving the ball so much. Like, it, it was not the give it to Kyrie for 20 seconds and let him do stuff like James Harden. It right. was, all right, dump it into Horford, move around, make some cuts, all right, swing it over here to Tatum. Like, they were doing things. They weren't just making Kyrie do everything. Right. And when LeBron was in Cleveland – he was the guy bringing the ball up the floor, running the offense. He would run a lot of pick and roll, but then he would swing it to Kyrie, or they would have LeBron set a screen for Kyrie, or even better, they'd have Kyrie set a screen for LeBron. Mm-hmm. So you're using your two best playmakers, who are also, coincidentally, your two best scorers. Mm-hmm. You're using them together to do stuff. Last year, the Mavs had uh, really good success down the stretch whenever Barnes would set screens for Dennis. Mm-hmm. Or they even had Dennis set screen for Barnes a couple times. Right. So you're just putting your two best players in a two-man game, and, and all of a sudden something is going to happen. So right. they have Luka playing power forward this year. I don't think a power forward will guard Luka. But if they do, you can bet that Luka will be setting a lot of screens for Dennis to create that switch, and Dennis will just blow by power forwards like you, all the time. You know what's interesting about that? Because I've thought a lot about this. Uh, so if the power forward's not covering Luca, he's covering Harrison. And offensively, Harrison loves to be covered by power forwards. He just doesn't want to cover them on the other end. Yep. So it's going to come down to is Luca oh, okay covering power forwards? You know, they got to figure all that out. But from a matchup standpoint, that's better for the Mavericks, I think, uh, with their off-the-ball action if Harrison Barnes can once the ball's rotated or he's going to be in a lot of catch-and-shoot situations. One of the things that works out great for Harrison, especially up top, is when he catches the ball 18 feet from the basket and a four closes out on him. He, he works that to his advantage, and if they don't close, he knocks that shot down. And so these matchups are setting up for Harrison to take advantage of some opportunities the way he did in his first couple of years here. Yeah, and if you have, let's say Luca has the ball, and then you get Barnes setting pin downs for Dennis, or what the Mavs used to do all the time, they would have Devin Harris or Jason Kidd or whoever with the ball on one wing, and then weak side, you got Jason Terry setting a pin down for Dirk. Right. So then if you're switching, well, Dirk's going to just post up on this point guard at the yes. elbow and score. Yes. And if you don't, I mean, you can't run over a guard as a small as a bigger guy because you're going to get called for a foul, yeah. whether it's legal or not. So those are the sort of things where, like, you have Dennis screen for Barnes. You're either forcing a switch or Barnes getting an open jump shot. Or uh, Dennis now has a power forward on him, and he can just, you know, come out to the top of the key and right. ISO. So. You're just doing more. Whenever Dennis does not have the ball, you're opening up other parts of his game that you can exploit uh, opponents with you know, that you, you just couldn't do last season. If you get that same pin down you're talking about where Luke is the quote-unquote four, he's going to murder smaller players on the switch at the elbow because everybody don't freak out, but a la Magic Johnson, he's going to be able to see everything and pass over the top of 6'3 guys so easily that they're going to want those quote-unquote isolation situations where Luca's 17 to 18 feet from the basket with a live dribble facing up and a small guy on him. Yeah, he will abuse that. Remember, they, they ran this play a couple years ago, and I'm not saying it'll come back because I, I haven't seen it uh, in the last couple seasons, but whenever they had Darren Williams on the team, they would dump it down to D-Will in the post, and then Wes would like run on a flare at the top of the arc, run you know kind of to the opposite wing, and D-Will would sort of laser beam a pass 35 feet away from him mm-hmm. to Wes for three. Uh, you have a center setting screen at the top of the arc. Now replace that postman, replace D-Will with Luca, and instead of having one flare, have like a flare and then a pin down and then a backdoor cut, like, and then you get Dennis going for an oop. Like, Luca can make all these plays out of the post. You yeah. hear the, like, NBA players are not going to compliment guys unless they really believe in them because 
they have no re- like Harrison Barnes has no reason to say a nice thing about Luca. Right. He doesn't have to. Right. So they're not going to lie to you, and you know they'll like kind of cloak what they're saying and say, well, yeah, you know, he's got a lot to learn. Or yeah. He's coming along. Those right. sorts of things. The you know the PC answers. You ask them about Luca's passing, and they're like, oh my god, he's doing things I've never seen before. He's he's hitting me whenever I didn't even think I was part of the play, and he found me like. Clearly, they believe in Luca. I've heard players just casually say in conversation, well, he's our point guard. And, you know, we were talking about this. I think we talked about it on the last podcast or one before. The Mavericks are going to be in this situation where, you know, everyone says positionless basketball until they want to talk about it. Mm. <laughs> and then they start assigning positions to things. But I would just say, you know, and Rick said it last couple of years, we need more playmakers. You know, Luca's going to be the primary playmaker for lack of a better term, because he's going to have the ball, because when he has the ball, good things are going to happen. And that means that Dennis will have more catch-and-shoot shots. Last year, uh, just to kind of tie a bow on that stat, I never even got to it, uh, the 1.476 points per possession that he averaged. So, again, this is only on 63 shots, and uh, less than half of his catch-and-shoot shots were open, by the way. More, Mm -hmm. like 56% of them, he was guarded, which is not a very good split. Most of the best players are well above 50, some even above 60. But Dennis scored more efficiently on open catch-and-shoot shots than guys like Joe Ingles, Otto Porter, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Dirk Nowitzki, hey. uh, Clay Thompson, even Wesley Matthews, Carl Towns, J.J. Redick, Laurie Markkinen. So, like, these are some of the best shooters in the NBA. And Dennis, obviously, small sample size, 63 shots. You miss one or two more, and all of a sudden you're you know yeah. 50th instead of 11th. But let's say he gets 150 of them mm-hmm. instead of 60 of them. And scores almost as efficiently. Well, then instead of being a 31% three-point shooter, you're 34%, 35%. Huge swing. Yeah, and then guys can't leave you open. Right. And that's ultimately where you want to go, where you want to be, is where teams are so afraid of Dennis shooting that they're not going to cheat off him to stop DeAndre from rolling, to tag him. They're not going to double-team players in the post to leave Dennis open. They're going to stick with him so tight that if Luka finds him, this guy's like thinking shot, and Dennis can blow by him and dunk, or get fouled. Yeah, or get fouled, and that yeah. is the that is like the ultimate Nirvana uh, yeah. status of NBA player. Whenever you can be a threat as a shooter, as a scorer, as a driver, as a passer, everything. All right. So we've been talking about what these veterans think about Dennis. I'm real curious what a young rookie thinks of Dennis. Maybe we should ask Costas and find yeah, out. Yeah. Let's physically go talk to Costas right now. So somewhere along the way, Skin actually morphed into Mike Marshall. So Mike is joining me. But more importantly, joining us now on Numbers on the Boards is Mavs rookie Kostas Antetokounmpo. How you doing? How you doing? Nice What's good, bro? How you doing? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, good to see you again. Good to be here. You yeah, having so fun? Yeah. Yeah, this is day, what, four or five of training camp now for uh, you? This is day four. I day think, four? Yeah, day four of training camp. You know, it's going well. Uh, it's getting easier every day, and uh, I'm getting better every day, so I'm happy. You ready I, to I play against somebody else? Oh, yeah. Other than sure. these guys, tired of looking at these dudes' faces? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm excited. You know, we got a game uh, Saturday, so I'm mm-hmm. excited to see how it's going to go. I just imagine coming into your first NBA training camp, there's 19 other guys here. There's like 50 coaches. It just feels like maybe day one your head is spinning, but you're saying every every day is kind of it's getting easier for yeah, you? Yeah, every day I feel like, you know, they have a lot of great coaches here, and uh, they help you. You know, they divide you into small groups, and they work on everything, like, you know, they really focus on all the areas that you got to develop, you know, defense, offense, just reading the game, plays, and all of that. So I feel like everything is going good, and uh, everybody's getting, uh, you know, the, the reps they're supposed to get, and uh, the game better. For people that never get to go through a training camp, like, 
us, not <laughs> not elite athletes, I should say. Uh, what's the toughest part physically? Is it, is it the conditioning? Is it just getting your body perfectly right and tune? I feel like I wouldn't say that nothing is really tough physically. It's more mentally, you know. Really. Like, just waking up every morning, you know, being at the gym early. Even though you don't have nothing to do, you got to be at the gym early. And then you just got to get mentally ready to – you're not always going to have good days. Some days are going to be bad, but you just got to fight through it, you know, and then get ready for the next day and just get better every day. So this year you're on a two-way contract, which means you'll be spending a little time with the Legends. You'll be spending a little time with the Mavs. But I know mm -hmm. there are two days that you'll probably really want to be up here. It's January 21st, February 8th. Those are the two times that you guys are playing against the Bucks okay, and your big yeah, brother Giannis. So – do you have those so dates circled on both, your – Both home games for us? No, no, no. no so one home, one January away. 21st is there. February 8th is here. Okay, okay. So that's that's going to be the big one, February 8th. <laughs> Giannis coming into your own backyard. How much are you looking forward to – I mean, you've been competing against your brothers your whole life, but how much are you looking forward to getting to compete against him at this level? Man, it's great. Like, since we've been little, you know, we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about, like, how if we both get on the court – we're not going to let each other score. We're going to both guard each <laughs> you're other. You're going to shut him down? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try to, you know. I'm going to try to shut him down. But, like, you know, I'm not going to go easy on him. And I know he's not going to go easy on me. So I'm excited to see that day. For a lot of people, making it in the league or making it in whatever prof profession you're doing is kind of like an abstract thing. Like, you've never seen any anybody in your family do this. you got a perfect example right in front of you, man. How encouraging is that to see your brother and, and your other brother make it in the league and say, hey, they did it. I can do this, too. I mean, it's basically, like what you said, it's really encouraging just seeing, like, like somebody from your family, like, making it to the NBA, and then he tells you, he really tells you what it takes for you to make it in the NBA. He might, he might tell you the sacrifices it takes, like, you can't really be going out or do all other stuff. You got to focus on, on your craft and focus on your game better. So I feel like that's, that's a good thing for somebody to have, you know? Even, even if it's not your family, even a friend, even a your uncle, maybe your, I don't know, like somebody that can help you focus on what you want to do and uh, accomplishing your goals. He's saying stay in the gym, don't play too much Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw y'all got a victory yesterday. Was <laughs> yeah. it you and Luca and the same Me team? Me and Luca and uh, Daryl. Awesome. Making. That's team building. <laughs> we, we can write that under team building. Dennis is posting some victory pictures too. Are you better than him? Yeah, who's who's yeah, the I'm best? Better, I'm better than Dennis. I'm better who's than the than best Dennis. of Fortnite right now? I'll probably say, I'll probably say Daryl. Daryl Macon. Really? Yeah, but Dennis, Dennis just stopped playing, but he's pretty good. He got he got good, like, really, really You should have heard him six months ago. He was like, I'll never play that game. It doesn't uh, look fun. He was only playing that's what he told me. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. he told me at uh, Summer League. He's like, I'm not feeling that. And then now every day he's calling me like, oh, bro, get on, get on. Let's play. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you play more than me now. That's funny. You play FIFA at all, too? Yeah. yeah. I don't have the FIFA right now, but I do. Okay, that's that's kind of the that was the game of our childhoods. FIFA oh yeah, Madden, yeah. Madden for sure. Yeah, Sneak Madden. Some Madden in there, and a little yeah. bit of Halo. Yeah, Halo. a little bit of Halo. Yeah, Halo's legit for sure. Um, so, so for a guy that uh, has the option to go to an American university, or probably more comfortable for you to play overseas, you know, what's the what's what goes into that decision of go? Do I go to Dayton? Do I go to an American college, or do I go overseas, make a little bit of money? Um, maybe have you know a little bit more fewer scouts seeing mm -hmm. me. What went into that decision for you? I don't know. I feel like like it was a lot. It was you know a family decision. You know I had to sit down with my family and talk about it. And everybody in my family think I should went. Uh, they thought I should go to college. You know like I was the first person in my family to go to college. And then I also wanted wanted to go to college. So I can basically have some experiences to tell my younger brother what to do and. If he should go to college or if she'll go overseas. 
So I feel like it was a good experience for me going to college and, uh, you know, you make a lot of friends and you, you know, you, you make like a whole new family right there. So at Dayton, it seemed like you were playing center sometimes, but up here I imagine you might be playing a little power forward or even small forward. What is kind of your – what have the coaches told you that they envision your role kind of being? They really haven't told me nothing but my role, you know. Like I can play basically – I'm a multiple role player, you know. So wherever the coach need me at the five, four, three – need me at the one, I'm going to play the one. It don't yeah. matter. Like, I do whatever the coach need me to do. I mean, you did do a little bit of everything in Vegas. You were running uh, some fast breaks, but you are also protecting the rim. I mean, yeah. it seems like that's almost that almost makes you more valuable as a player, being able to do a little bit of you know, everything. Basketball, you know, basketball have changed. You know, like players that can do multiple stuff and uh, multiple positions, that are, uh, they're the ones that uh, a team really needs. You know, they're the ones. <laughs> What's up, Daryl? You, know. you can join us. You can join no, no, us. No, 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 no. He, he did say no, you're. No, no. Oh, oh, he's pro. <laughs> no, he said you're the best at Fortnite, Daryl. He said you're the best Fortnite player on the uh-huh. Yeah. He just dropped 40. You got 40 spots in iTunes. Screech from Saved by the Bells got a better podcast. <laughs> Congratulations. That's a glowing endorsement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nah, they say. Who, who the second best, though? Okay, thank you. There you go. Second, <laughs> second Fortnite. We got, a, we got a good team no, over no, no, here. No, What's good, Luca? Nah, Luca. <laughs> Luca. Nah, it's not. Luca is not the best. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hater. I never seen a bigger hater than him. Dennis is the last. Daryl, nah. <laughs> Luca is not number one. It's Daryl number one. Then I'm second. I give you three. I give you three. I'm second. Nah, you you can't build, bro. Yeah. Oh, you, you can't, can't be with He can't stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so all right, let's no, you're good, you're good. Uh, so tell me about draft night, man. I'm sure going last pick overall is a little weird. Um, you know, it's a big night, all this anticipation of, okay, here's the next step of my career, and then picks and picks and picks go by, and you're sitting there going, okay, what's going on here? Tell me about that night for you. I feel like I wasn't, I wasn't really nervous. Like a lot of people call me, it was like you're nervous. I'm like. I'm really not nervous. I'm just I just want to play basketball. Profe- oh, sorry. I just want to I just want to play basketball professionally, you know. So wherever I went or wherever I end up going, I would I would be happy, you know. So then I remember watching the whole draft. It was up to like 58, and I'm like, okay, I'ma just you know, I'ma just chill and I go get some food. I'm getting ready to go out the door, and they call my name at the 60, and then I come back. I'm like, oh snap! I call my brother. I call my agent. I'm like, they picked me. My brother was like, who picked you? He thought I went to uh. Cause I think Philly, Philly picked had me, pick, yeah. and then they traded me to uh, to uh, <laughs> to Dallas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tell my a lot brother, of cities over here. <laughs> I tell my brother Philly picked me. My brother was like, ah, uh. but then I was like, nah. But I went. I ended up going to Dallas, so he was happier. Yeah. You know, so you I was guys happy don't too. Gotta, you don't have to be rivals up here now. If you were in Philly, you'd have to play yeah, four times yeah. a year. Yeah. See him all the time. Yeah, you tired of him, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? No. <laughs> but the fact that they, the fact that the Mavs did because they had the 54th pick, they trade down and get two picks so they that they could draft you and they got mm-hmm. Ray Spalding as well. So does that kind of make you feel good knowing that even though you might have been the 60th pick, a team got you that really did want you. They wanted to bring you in here. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I could have been. I could have been in 30th or number one pick. I don't really care. I just got picked. Like I said, I if I would even went undrafted. I wouldn't care. I just want to play basketball professionally. Mm. I just I'm living my dream right now, basically. I just do what I love to do. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So we know you got to get out of here, and go to a players' meeting. But before you leave, 
We saw that you went to the Greek food festival this weekend. Yeah. So how was that? And also give us some of your favorite Greek dishes. Obviously, you, you know the best the best stuff to eat. Man, the festival was amazing. I didn't expect it was so many people there. Like I wasn't expecting that. And they had like they was doing like the Greek dances and everything. It really felt like traditional Greek like a festival. So I was like really happy to see all the people out there. And I told them they should come to our game Saturday. Yeah. I feel like get them uh, out. We need we need a we need a Greek uh, Greek I told squad. Them that I better see. House, yeah, I told them that I better see a Greek flag out there. There somewhere. you go. <laughs> Their fans nice. are crazy. Over, I mean, Greek national team. Oh yeah, crazy for fans sure. Of for sure. There's yeah. a spot over off Greenville that is called Costas Cafe. Oh, really? It's a Greek cafe. <laughs> We're gonna go hit it up sometime, all right? The dishes probably I don't know. I like all of them. Like that was there. Probably I like not, not picky. Nah, not picky at all. I like you no know, euros, moussaka, everything. Got to get some grape leaves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, grape leaves is the good stuff. <laughs> some tafuli. Yeah, so my family's Lebanese, so there's Lebanese food festival. Lebanese okay. Greek food is basically the same. Basically, so yeah. Close grew up on all that stuff, man. Lamb, good lamb kebabs. Mm. Gotcha. Let's go get some lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get some lunch. Yeah, yeah. let's get gotcha. some lunch. Kostas, thank you so much for joining no us. No problem, no problem. I right. really appreciate it. Ooh, thanks. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Great stuff from Kostas on Teddy Kumpo. Thank you to him for joining us. Thank you to uh, Alan from the Mavs PR team for pulling him for us, and also to Sarah and Scott over there. They do great work. And a big, big, big major shout-out to Keisha Wyatt, too, who is our uh, player relations manager. She is incredible. Uh, she basically runs the show in our office, and uh, she, on her birthday, was able to get DeAndre for us last week on the four-pointer. So if you listen to that podcast, that is all Keisha that made that happen. And thank you as well to Shelby Sumter. She's great. So thank you to Shelby for coming on and for challenging me to uh, sort of expand my food horizons a little bit. I did go back for seconds and thirds after we were done recording, too. So that was great. So thank you to Shelby. And uh, thank you to Skin for not making too much fun of me. We have a great team over here. Uh, if you haven't listened to the four-pointer yet either, that's with Mike Marshall and Jake Kemp most of the time, me sometimes. Uh, that is one of our new podcasts this season. You can find that everywhere literally everywhere itunes spotify google play stitcher all that uh we have another new podcast that debuted at yesterday actually that is called just between us girls that is with lizelle who uh manages all of our social media and also katia vialba who is uh in the truck she is a uh, one of the one of the producers on our uh tv broadcast so if you ever watch follow up if you ever watch skin and harp on the broadcast katia's in the truck she's kind of making it all happen in there so that's gonna be a really cool podcast they have some really Really cool guests lined up and some really good ideas for what to do. So that first episode just came out yesterday. That's going to be coming to you every Tuesday. Mike and the Four Pointer will be coming to you every Monday. We are going to be coming to you every Wednesday on Numbers on the Boards. And then we got some pretty cool stuff planned for you Thursday and Friday. Tomorrow we got some really cool stuff for you. Uh, some really great stuff about Luka Doncic with some very special guests. So be on the lookout for that. That is coming to you tomorrow. And then on Friday... We're going to have the great Mark Followell on with me and Mike um, on a new podcast. You'll find out the name on Friday. We're going to be uh, previewing the Mavs season, answering some questions, and, uh, and having some fun. So that's going to be a great podcast, too. So always keep it locked. Subscribe to all these podcasts. Uh, give them all five-star reviews. Or, you know, four-star reviews are good, too. But five stars are preferred. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, like share with your friends tell all of your friends tell your enemies too uh basketball season is about to start we have now three days till the first preseason game it is time it is time for basketball to start finally i cannot wait i know all everybody else is excited too so uh this thing's about to get rolling so thank you guys we will see you next week it is numbers on the boards